Welcome to the Soul Too Early Sports Card Podcast. Finally getting silenced for things we've said. That's Kai. I'm deleting 103. Fucking God, this intro is so hard. God damn it. I might leave these in. Nah, fuck that. Uh, welcome to the Soul Too Early Sports Card Podcast. Finally getting silenced for things we've said. That's Kai. I'm deleting a bunch of different podcasts. That is the fourth time I've tried to do that intro. I kept on flubbing it. So I'm having a day. Kai, how the hell are you doing? Doing good. Uh, that was quite the scene right there. Fifth try, the charm. It was bad. That is the first time um, I've really, truly flubbed the intro. Thankfully, these are not live. If they were, we would have gotten in a lot more trouble a lot sooner. Um, so it's 60. Actually, fun fact, Kai and audience members who are listening or watching on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, whatever. Uh, we just hit 10,000 streams total on Spotify and Apple, which is really nice. impressive. Yeah, I, I was shocked to see that this morning. Thank you guys for watching or listening um, over the past year plus, give or take. Uh, we're actually ranking in uh, Chartables, which is a source of information for podcasts to see how they're performing. Uh, we, as of today and recording, are number 154 in the U.S. for hobby, which is really cool. We're probably not going to keep that ranking for long. Hence my name that I could not get out correctly. Haha, <laughs> that's what she said, I guess. I don't know, man. But this is such an interesting time in the sports card world. Uh, last week we had Jordan on. That was such a great conversation. Um, we were going to try and have a guest on who was at the Macau show. Um, I, I'm forgetting the full name of it. It, it's, it is what it is. Just due to scheduling conflicts and, you know, being coming home from across the world. Um, we're going to try to have someone on next week. I know with Christmas and the holidays coming up, it might be difficult. So that conversation may have to have to wait. It might be like a special edition episode. It might just be like a, a short little thing. We'll, we'll figure that out. But from everything I saw, and I haven't seen a lot of YouTube content come out yet, but a lot of Instagram posts and stories. Hi, this show looked fucking amazing. Do you think that was because there were just a lot of collectors there that typically aren't at United States shows? Or do you think people just kind of brought out stuff they might have been putting away for a while? I think the people who financially traveled to the show and like had the ability to do so made it like the national. Like the quality of cards that I saw... I mean, obviously, once again, you're always going to, like, emphasize, like, the crazy amount of, like, high-end basketball, which is not shocking, or football. I didn't see a ton of baseball in the post other than, like, maybe a couple of Otanis. I didn't look super-duper close yet. Um, but there was a distinct high-end um, basketball, just volume of cards available. And I think the collectors who went there from the U.S. really emphasized, hey... This is like another national to me. Let me go all out here. Um, I don't know if anyone had really major successes or failures or would want to talk about that type of stuff from a numbers perspective, but it looked incredible. Um, I, I'd be very curious to see if dealers from Macau or from Asia in general who did travel to that show who are not based in the U.S., what their experiences were like. Uh, was there any language barriers or cultural differences or anything that could have 
um, impact deals. I'm I'm very um, interested in seeing what type of content comes out over the next uh, handful of days. I'm not really looking too closely yet, but hopefully by the next time we record, any influencer, any content creator who um, did travel to the Macau show puts out three, four, five, six videos I can binge watch instead of doing work. I know uh, I know you weren't there. Do you know if size-wise it was comparable to like a national or was it a normal show size? I can check. I'm not really sure. Um, I can do a quick little Google search and see what the, what the size of the show was. I didn't know what? if it was more of like a that is the big show there and it's like massive or it's just like so many collectors came to like a normal size show that it made it so good. So let me see if I can find the floor plan. I'm actually on their website right now. Can you read it? It is in English. No, oh, wow. the site is in English. Um, it looks fairly large without being able to distinctly tell there is literally a floor plan without there's no measurements to it. I believe it was in convention center. I I'd be lying to you if I had an exact piece of information. My guesstimate, just purely on what I would imagine the show being like, would be probably comparable to a Dallas card show size, maybe a third of the size to three quarters of the size. Obviously, there's no way of me exactly knowing. And yeah. and that's part of the questions of like, hey, you know, what vendors were set up, what what um card companies or businesses were set up all these like interesting questions i really want to learn more about um because obviously like the instagram reels and the stories and the shorts whatever else only show so much um so i really am interested in seeing more about it i do know there was a lot of people experiencing fomo from it fear missing out from what i saw it's going to be a yearly show Maybe not always in this location, maybe not always there, but this is worth keeping in mind. I don't think you and I are in the financial ballpark where the show makes sense for us, nor 99.98% of people who listen to this podcast, um, because I can only imagine the cost of traveling there and staying there and being comfortable. Your break-even number is probably going to be like five grand at least yeah because what's well, a flight there and back like two thousand probably if not more and that's like just getting on the plane like you want to be comfortable yeah. um and then a hotel and then if you're gonna fly to china it would probably be from new jersey 10 to 12 that 10 hours probably eight to ten give or take oh uh, you can get a direct flight if you can't then even longer you got to make it work your time. You probably want to travel a bit or at least stay in the city an extra day or two just to experience it. Like it quickly adds up to even before you get in there and try and make a deal for some cards to sell or even trade. Like that number gets really high very quickly. I mean, even for you, you have a pointer. No, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, because like you said, that's before you even factor in like making money on cards you still have to get thousands just to break even on getting there compared to like if you drive i mean even a flight in the united states is typically a couple hundred bucks unless you're doing first class like you bushy but yeah sorry that's usually me um i i just i don't like to fly that's that's my personal thing but you know what that's 
That's fine. I mean, even now for a Dallas card, I probably spend eh, fifteen hundred to seventeen fifty all in, maybe up to two grand for everything: table space, showcases, flight, hotel. Um, and I've always made money, thankfully, traveling to shows. Um, I would not travel otherwise. But given the state of the economy and how people are spending right now, um, I'm a little, I'm not concerned for the January card show coming up because Dallas is the first major show of 2024. It's about a month away at the time of recording. Um, I actually did look this up before. Um, Dallas is first and then Culture Collision. And I'm sure there's plenty of like small-ish shows, 50 to 150 tables that people well, not fly to, but like could drive around that are going on right now. Hell, there was a show in um, in Florida somewhere, like Black Friday weekend, like right after Thanksgiving. It was crazy that people like were traveling to it. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> I, listen, if, if if you do this full time or you're not a family person, shout out Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you just might not. That might not be how you want to spend uh, your Thanksgiving or time off. You might just want to go to a card show and hey. Make some money if you can. I, I don't know who else will be there other than Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, you can figure it out. I wonder if the average person who typically would travel to a card show is, like, almost starting to get, like, weeded out compared to, like, a high, like a mid to higher end dealer that's, like, consistent. I wonder if that, like, normal person who, like, goes to the bigger shows is starting to get kind of weeded out, like, money-wise. I think so. Um, I mean, listen, there's no way to say this without being kind of a dickhead about it, so I'm just going to say it. I think collectors like you and I, slash dealers, slash individuals in the sports car world are probably in that 1% of individuals. Not like, oh, I'm so fucking rich, look at me flexing. It's just like, hey, the amount of money I put into this industry, the amount of money that I try to spend and accumulate and, and grow with, is probably larger than the vast majority of individuals. Not even money, though, like time and like learning and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do look at this as a hobby, which is perfect. Like, listen, man, I wish I could. Um, a lot of people do it very casually, but there's also plenty of individuals who will not travel a thousand miles away for a car show for three days. And we are very fortunate. We are the very small minority. Um, and I've looked at prices of things and i'm like damn this is expensive like yeah this is it's not unrealistic to travel because it, it financially still makes sense to but hey if prices went up 50 percent for flights and hotels and table costs and i broke even on a trip or i even lost money i'd be like wow maybe i'd consider not going to every single dallas card show um what's interesting though is Dallas sets the show calendar. Like I've I've started to look into my shows for for next year, and I'm confirmed for Burbank in uh, February and Dallas for January. I'm going to go to every Dallas card show I can, um, depending on their dates in May or, or June or July. I might be away. I'm, I'm getting married in June, so I'm not going to be there for one of the shows. I'll sell my spot, but otherwise, I expect to be on the road nine to ten weekends out of the year coming up it's pretty crazy do you anticipate doing anything you might not know what it is yet but outside of dallas burbank and national this year um the issue is i want to go to chicago again for the spectacular but dallas and chicago double booked the same weekend that was dallas is doing so i'm going to go to to 
the Dallas Card Show instead because it's a better show. Um, I went to Nashville. I didn't go to Nashville last year, actually. I went two years ago a couple times, and I liked it. My fiance does not like Nashville. She just didn't like the city. Um, I personally don't like the venue that much. I just It's out of the way of everything. It's not super convenient or walkable. Um, I can be convinced to go back there if like friends like Mikey, like Mikey's cards were there. Setting up at that show by yourself is brutal because you really are just kind of left alone. Um, I would not feel comfortable trusting the people next to me to watch my stuff. I'd rather have like a friend there to set up with. Um, I, I would consider shows on the East coast. Um, I'm not doing Atlanta this year. Um, it's just the, the timing doesn't work for me. It, it's right after Dallas. Um, I didn't like the Atlanta show the one time I went. It's just my personal opinion. Um, and then I'm just curious to see what other shows kind of get started and going. Burbank is a can't miss. Dallas is generally a can't miss. Um, I was actually texting EJ earlier today. Uh, I don't know what he's doing yet for 2024. If he is going to be working in the card industry, if he's going to be helping promote shows, but I'll go to anything he fucking sets up. I, I, I have complete faith in him to create a show from nothing. If he chooses to, or, or build something up. Um, I'm a definite yes for, for anything he puts his, his name behind and his branding behind. Cause he, he crushes it. Yeah, my thought was just like the state of how everything is, whether that's like money or the market, card market. I just can't imagine there's going to be many new shows popping up. No, dude, I was looking at my, I was getting my taxes ready for, for 2023. My sales are down like 40 to 50% year over year. Not because I, I'm a bad salesman and like, oh no, but because prices really have changed. And no, I didn't go into financial ruin, but oh yeah, I would have liked to make more money this year. Oh, how fucking terrible. Or at least that's what I'm reporting. My government. Hello, IRS. This is what I made. Hello. Um, legally, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I think this is a, a time of year, obviously everyone says this, I'll be expected to slow down, but like it really has grinded to a halt in a way. Um, where my main focus now is generally like, dude, like a hundred to five dollar cards. And I want to own nothing over like 2,500 to three grand right now. Yeah. That, uh, that hundred to 500 is just such a sweet spot. I mean, I think the thing is like, you can get cards in that range and it's just so hard to like aggregate all your sales and end up losing money in that range. Unless you're just dumb. I mean, yeah. it's so tough. I mean, they're so easy to move. They're so liquid. They're they're affordable for the average collector. I mean, $100 isn't cheap, but like, you know, for the average collector, I feel like it's way more affordable than a $2,000 Luca Silver 10 or whatever. Yeah, I believe right now those are at like $1,500 bucks last time yeah. I looked, which would not shock me if they were down to like $1,300. We are in a weird time. Um and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I do believe more optimism will start coming into the hobby around springtime, realistically, as people start to sell off their Bowman Chrome, um, as I plan on doing. Um, and you know what? Honestly, dude, right now, a lot of my finances for card money, not not real life, thankfully, because I, I have always tried to balance my, my expenses. 
a lot of my money is tied into NPB because stuff is either in grading or is in the process of getting returned back here. And when those players start to sign or when those cards start to come back, I have the ability to really sell off a bunch of what I have and then grow that back into maybe one or two larger cards if I feel like it. But it, it's just got to make sense right now. It's just a weird, weird time. Yeah. The NPB stuff's crazy. The so many rumors of people getting posted now. People are starting I know. to know and it's crazy. Dude, I'm the fucking best and worst influencer ever because first off, I don't want to be an influencer. But every time we have this conversation, every time that someone talks to me at MPB, I'm like, like, oh, I should buy. I'm like, no, 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 fuck off. No, 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 I want that. Like, well, isn't it alone. weird how like I mean, I think this is weird. I don't know what your thoughts are, but essentially the box prices have kind of stayed the same throughout this entire way maybe give or take 10 20 30 bucks but it seems yep. like they've stayed relatively the same even though the cards are doing so well and it's so obviously like easy to make money hey kai hello there would you like a sponsored post while we talk about MPC? it just makes no sense to me like why are people not raising the prices i don't know i, I actually um have a source who's in japan who uh, source is a friend of a friend um who who went to a hobby shop there and the boxes were 60 bucks each i don't know i have no clue um one of our friends who is buying into mpb and learning more about it created a fucking group chat called mpb to the moon which is really just fucking funny um because i kept on talking about mpb in our group chat sorry everyone um I don't know, man. It, it's such a weird thing that me on a whim through a friend of mine um, learned about a potential way of opening a bunch of cards and having fun with it. And the box price still is 40 to 45 bucks all in. And you can actually do pretty well, which is fucking just the funniest part of all of this. Is it outlandish to say that a set of four of those boxes is one of if not the best ways to spend money and make money in cards right now <laughs> not trying kai, to you up i'm like literally just like stating. this is this is where kai is a sponsored uh professional i, I for reference i've never once touched an mpb box yet i almost bought one live on the podcast but i have not bought a single box ever i'm just making a statement uh, the funny thing is too is i probably have bought a about 225 boxes give or take all in since like may yeah it's it's um is that the best buy right now probably not honestly like you're gonna open a big who the fuck are these people but that's why you do research you learn about things you listen to how i've talked about it or other people who are beginning to post about it and then be like this old too early podcast told me about that you guys should listen and that's dude i fucking do not want to be an influencer at all i think it's stupid hobby fame means nothing to me um let me put that out there i don't give a fuck at all um it's just really funny that i i somehow fell ass backwards into the the funniest timeline where yamamoto ends up being incredible or at least the hype cycle started to grow for him i've been buying the box since may and Roki Sasaki, who I legitimately think is going to be incredible in a couple of years if he comes to MLB, when he comes to MLB. And then you have a hype cycle going for that. It's just, I fucking, I just, I can't believe well, I've That's what I was going to say. Like, you have this whole rotation now where you can grade the Yamamoto's. And who else is in there? For the, is there anyone else? 
There's right a few now. people. Um, the guys who are currently though. the guys who are currently in AMLB who are in Bubba Chrome NPB are Yoshida, who's on the Red Sox, yeah. Yamoto, who will likely I'm sign with one. the Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, uh, Red Sox, or Giants. So major market. Um, Kodai Sango went to the Mets. Uh, I forget the other guy's name. Is the other pitcher in it? Fukujima is on the Orioles. He was quite bad, though, this past year. What about the um, guy that's on Trevor Bauer's team? Shoto's not in uh, MPB. He's not in it. Okay. Well, yeah. I was going to say, like, you have this wave now where you can so easily make money with the guys that are getting posted now. And then you're going to make all your money and still have the cards of the guys in a year or two that are going to get posted in 25, 26, 27. And it's just like the boxes aren't going anywhere. I mean. Whenever Roki gets posted. Dude. Uh, and the funny thing is, too, is that I moved my Gold Refractor 10, my Murakami Orange. What else did I moved? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my Yamamoto Orange, I moved too. I moved all the major hits that I've had right now, and I still have ton of paper chrome some number of parallels there's a bunch of shit that like is probably going to be worthless forever that's just like singing boxes of like just guys who will never make the mlb but the guys who who will like come here in the hype cycle uh i'll do fine on we got do you have a rough projection of like what you think you'll make overall no idea no fuck i don't know any of my stuff back you got to remember too is that i've sent in i think three maybe four bulk orders of P- uh, cards of psa well, if, if you bought not, if you bought two hundred and twenty boxes, you spent what like nine, ten k. Uh, let's do some quick math. Yeah, so if I bought fifty four boxes, fifty four sets of four boxes, paid one seventy all in, give or take nine ninety two hundred bucks. Yeah, plus grading fees, um, a little over probably eleven grand I've spent right now, maybe twelve on all mpb all in and the sasaki gold i moved for 1500 in trade the yamamoto and murakami oranges were 500 to 600 each that's 20 percent give or take how many yamamoto base do you think you hit overall i sent in an sgc order recently um like last week for nine bucks a pop just paper i sent in 75 of them what about the chromes rough some amount they're kind of a short print. Um, 50, I was, no, fifty probably over over the. Isn't that crazy though? If half of those get a PSA ten, that's like five k. Uh, is that more than five k? Because Nick, uh, New England, they're like two hundred fifty bucks, right? Yeah. If tw- if I have twenty of them, the PSA ten, it's four grand, which would be more than halfway back to my break that's even. What I'm saying. It's just, a, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I found the stupidest way to do things. And if I was a piece of shit, I'd be like, you won't believe what I found. I found a money glitch. Look at me. But I just fucking like, when I talk about it, I really like, I, I don't want people to buy it because I'm telling you to. I want people to buy it if they're interested in like, trying something new and either like, oh, this is fun. Oh, it's like, oh, I ripped this with my kid and like, we enjoyed it. And I spent a third of the price on a hobby box of this versus like an american thing it's bowman chrome 98 percent of the people will never make the major leagues anyway who cares with american or japanese it's like what who cares mm. do like it 
so you've bought 50 something lots i mean i'm sure everyone else combines bought at least 50 lots way more dude one friend i know bought and 19 them, and a half yeah. yeah that's crazy like i'm trying to figure out how people aren't running out of the boxes yet kai fucking wonderful question i have no idea like where are these um, coming from <laughs> someone is making a lot of money off my stupidity i that's all i will say because i'm looking on StockX right now and i mean there's like 16 17 lots listed right now for around that price range um and i mean i know you've said when they sell out the next day they typically restock them so it's like yes. <laughs> these people just have unlimited warehouses npb bowman someone is dude someone's gotta be so happy with me it's so funny to me and it, i could pull okay so yeah i i i, I, I just checked my stock account uh i have 54 orders and my earliest one uh hang on january february march april may june june 16th and I did that on purpose for, for comedic effect. The first box of MPB I bought was June 16th. What? That's crazy. I fucking don't know how I've done this, guy. It is kinda the wanna, stupidest time. Kind of want to actually buy some now. You understand when this podcast comes out, like there's going to be like three or four that just sell because we've talked about this for like 10 minutes. Yeah, no. It's just yeah. so interesting to me so stupid so dumb and if you want to buy on StockX, make sure you click the description below i'm kidding they'll fucking never sponsor me are you kidding me i'm stupid they don't know my fucking money um i don't know man it, it, this is just a weird time in the world um i can actually segue us into a new conversation unless you want to keep on talking about this no go for it go for it okay so i was talking to nick uh the war of sports cards i believe his name is nick he's a good guy i've, I've watched his content before i believe he's now doing cards full time he's running his no recent comps auction um seems like a very good guy not sponsored super pleasant individual i enjoy talking to him whenever i have the chance to um he and i were talking actually today um and i didn't see yesterday night and we were discussing auction houses and comping cards and pricing. Um, obviously, one of the things he really is driving forward is the no recent comps auctions. Basically, cards that have not sold publicly in, I think, it's like six months, maybe a year. Um, and he like made a story post like, hey, like, do you guys buy on auction houses? Do you buy on, on eBay? Like, how do, you, how do you procure your inventory? And I was having a conversation with, with him. And it was like, yeah, dude, like, I've, I've stopped buying on eBay. Alt, PWCC, Golden, uh, whatever auction sites I'm forgetting. Uh, because people who are NPCs literally will go and be like, they'll go to Alt or Card Ladder and be like, oh yeah, the last comp is a thousand dollars because you do eight fifty. I'm like, dude, I I'm that sale. That's why it's priced at twelve fifty. Like you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's just like. I don't know who collects anymore. I mean, obviously everyone wants to try and flip and make money. I, I fall into that audience too, but I do enjoy collecting. Um, I just bought two more game worn jerseys today. One might actually be sold, which is really fucking funny to me again as well. But like, I, I, I still collect things. I just collect jerseys instead of cards, because if I'm going to spend my personal money on items, I want to own forever. A jersey is just objectively cooler in my opinion, but I, I just don't know who either collects anymore or like is just so 
afraid to hold an item, which makes sense in today's market, because everything seems to be crashing, that, yeah, if I'm going to buy stuff, man, or I'm going to pay with my own money, I'm going to make sure that it is not a card that comps on an auction house. I'm going to make sure it's something I buy privately and that I can sell for more money. Oh, oh my God, what a what a thought, right? But you're almost setting yourself up for failure when you when you buy on auction houses or eBay because everyone just runs to alt and cannot think critically for three seconds. Yeah, I think what he's doing is a really cool idea. I just don't, I mean, you have the couple cards. I think he started with like four or five in his first one. I don't know how many yeah. he does now, but to me, that's not really like an auction. I don't know how you feel like four or five cards. I mean, it's a cool idea, but it just like doesn't make sense to me. I mean, would you call it consignment then? Because I know that you and Joku, you and Joku did consignment a little bit, but like it wasn't I recent. Mean, there was no recent comps. It was just like you were selling yeah, cards. I mean, it's a cool idea to like get rare cards, like expose and actually hopefully do well. I just, it just doesn't really like ring the bell for me. Like, I just don't think you can really promote an auction that has five cards as an auction. I mean, it's an interesting dynamic too, because obviously he's trying to grow a business and I'm sure he's, he's doing the best he can. Yeah. It's a, he's, he shows in a niche that is difficult because the idea being, Hey, we want to have cards that are rare, but how many cards now not sold in six months or a year? I mean, he's obviously very, finding some, which is impressive, but it is, but like yeah. there's only a finite amount because yeah. You know, if you look at someone like a DC Sports or, or Mike MC, for instance, <laughs> they both have C in their name. Um, they will run whatever they can and, and want to because, hey, they run a good service. People use them. People enjoy them. And they're growing their businesses. And it's awesome to see individuals like that. Uh, DC's services is great. Mike seems like a very nice guy. Um, whenever I've had the chance to talk to him, very pleasant. But it's just like... They have they have no filter. They'll run whatever you want, assuming it like meets their guidelines or whatever. They'll pay you on their fees, and and they do well. Um, Nick is almost chosen the opposite route, where he wants to have a very finite, selected, maybe exclusive is the way to describe it. But I don't know how long that will continue. It's it's a weird um, it's a weird dynamic. I guess my point's more of like, what's the end goal here? Because I mean, you're not like running five cards at a time doesn't do anything for anyone. I don't I don't think personally, like, are you trying to build up to like get enough people looking at your auctions that you can find 15 at a time that haven't been ran recently? Are you trying to build like a normal auction and just kind of getting eyes by saying it's only cards that haven't sold lately? Like, what's the end goal is my question. I mean, that's a great question. I actually invited him on the podcast to talk about this whenever. Um, so we might repeat this conversation at some point in time. Um I don't know. I, I can't speak for it. The way I envision it is offering people the opportunity to own a car they actually want to collect. Because, dude, there's got to be... There's actual collectors out there for cards. I don't see them that often anymore. Um, especially in, in our role of, of buying and selling and reflipping and then backyard or, or repacker owns the card. Then they run it in the repacks and then it, it ends up back in the ecosystem. Uh I don't know. I don't I don't know who truly collects these individual cards anymore. But maybe that's just one way they can 
try and procure them. It's it's interesting. Well, I think it would be really cool if it works out in some way because if you think about it, like if you're a collector and you try to look through DC's auctions every night, I mean, you can't without seeing all the junk, basically. I mean, if you had some sort of auction or something, even PWCC and Golden's tough with so much junk now, but yep. if you had a certain auction, either an eBay account or whatever it is that kind of filtered what they took and only took stuff that real collectors would actually want, even if they've been ran in the last six months, I think you'd have a really good product. I would look at that every week if you had cool autographs, game used, refractor, like not just junk. I don't know. I would look at it personally every week. Yeah, I think the issue you run into there then is people would give you cards, but then you have to run filler too because it has to be advantageous for everyone. I mean... I can imagine that, oh, hey, Kai and Joku, and you guys are doing consignment. I have nice cards for you, but you're taking some junk, too, because I don't want to fucking list it. Yeah. And and you know what? I did that to you guys several times because I'm a lazy piece of shit, and I didn't want to list 200 cards. So you you run into instances where people would 100% just send you crap. And maybe that's ultimately the goal, too, is to try and compete with DC and MC, but have, like, you know, hey, this is our weekly auction that like just is cards that you've seen everywhere. But maybe every month we we we, we save up items and we do our our golden type of alt golden or alt type auction where this is your recent comps and these are all unique, which would be cool. I, I I can't speak to that. I'm not sure how that business would scale. Um, I think you'd be kind of foolish to turn down any card or consignment because you would earn money for doing some work, but. You know, I, I I hope it goes well, and he obviously is, but it's um it's unfortunately not black and white. There's there's a lot that goes into that. So I I, I don't know if it would make sense for me, but that's the beauty of it is there's a million ways of going in sports cards, you just have to apply yourself. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird time right now. Uh there were some questions that came in. I think they were kind of funny. I don't know if they were actually serious questions. Oh, they're not on my Instagram anymore. That's cool. I'm so prepared for these podcasts. Um, one question that came in though that I do remember was from uh, our friend Chris was, hey, based on our podcast name, selling cards too early. Hey, Kai, have you ever sold a card too early? Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I'm trying to think about... I, I'm trying to think about these, what, what cards it could be. I've sold Acunas too early. I've sold... Ironically, Trey Young's a little bit too early, probably. I you mean, did well on your NTL, at least. I did really well on a lot of Trey Young's, but I, I'd be surprised if anyone that's been doing this for five years has not sold a card too early. Um, I have moved a ton of inventory. Um, items that come to mind when I think of them is like a Mahomes NT booklet, like six. I actually think Jacob Flaws Gem Sports Cards owns that card, or at least a very similar one. Um, I maybe moved that like 300, 400 bucks in like 2017. Who knows? Um, I The issue, quote unquote, with me is that I, I live every day, like day by day. So I have a very short memory <laughs> on purpose for these things because good, bad, or otherwise, you start the next day at zero and like all that nice shit I say. Um, I just, I don't know if, um, I'm sure I fucked up. So I fucked up plenty of times, dude. No, um, you're perfect. Come on. 
Oh yeah, well that's true. Yeah. Hello, I'm Mr. MPB, by the way. Have you have you met me before? You should have. Um I'm I'm flawless. Um I don't know. It's it's uh it's hard to say anymore these days because I've I've gotten this question asked to me before on like the biggest flips I mean, the biggest losses. Ironically enough, it was on Rob's podcast, Sports Car Therapist, uh RIP, I guess, because he's still not back yet from i hope Great. i hope rob makes an appearance back in in sports cards at some point it's been like a month dude like you what you Has did it really that's kind of crazy Feels it's like been a month. while um me it was since the chicago show so yeah it was about a month maybe three weeks i hope he comes back like dude what you did was not good but obviously not the most serious thing in the world like you can hope you're still collecting i hope you want to come back to your your podcast and your show because you were you're doing good um sucks but maybe this self-imposed time out in the way is what he wanted or needed i don't know i i, I can't say i've not talked to him since like the day or day or two before his his um situation came out of the mega bidding stuff i actually was asking him to either come on his podcast or be on ours so oops that would have been funny mega um, bidding just gets me every time it's just a funny phrase, dude. We take ourselves way too goddamn seriously. Like, 50% to 60% seriously when you're not negotiating deals is probably the best world to be in. Like, if I'm negotiating a deal with you and, like, we're talking dollars and cents, I'm going to be as serious as possible. Kind of a hard-ass, aggressive. That's just my nature. But, dude, podcasts like this, just hanging out, talking in our group chats, just bullshitting in general, I... 50% seriously is is about all you need because this is trading cards, dude. You're you're not teammates with LeBron James. You don't, you don't know Trey Young. You, like tell that to the NBA. people playing in the Culture Collision charity game. What do you think is the highest level of competition those those collectors could be in competitive game of basketball? Like teenage AAU. No, teenage AAU would beat the shit. If those kids are dunking, it's over for them. I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 11, 11 year old travel uh, basketball team. Oh man, because those kids are those kids are at least going to be in shape probably because they're travel kids. I imagine they'd be in shape. AAU would fucking you wipe factor them. in like height though. Sure, but like I'm trying to also account for like I can't imagine most kids at 11 can dunk. So yeah. I would think like sec- 14, 15, you probably start dunking. I would say probably I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, I'm not Josh Giddy. I'm not really talking to teenagers. Yeah, I, I can dunk. Too. I've been dunking since I was 12. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have I a that- I have a flip on the question we were talking about. Um, Go for it. Have you ever sold a card like at the perfect time to where like it just completely crashed right after you're like shit that was amazing? Probably all the MPB stuff, dude. Um, anytime I've ever sold a card when a player makes their MLB debut, uh, I sold a Gavin Sheets Superfractor Bowman Chrome nine five non auto for two grand. I got it for two hundred bucks. Have you ever done a deal at a show where you move a car to someone and you're like, holy shit, I can't believe I just moved that for that? Yep. That happens pretty often with me. Um, not only be, not because I'm like I'm aggressive on my pricing or like I'm overpriced, which is 
somewhat true, obviously, because sticker prices, the, the, the sticker price does not matter. It doesn't. It's just so I don't get lazy and like get asked the same card price 12 times. Um, yeah, in any card I moved. Um, I remember when I got the Fleer 95 MJ from Lane. Um, probably uh, two months ago, give or take. I don't know when I got that. It was a little bit longer ago, right? No, maybe two maybe. and a half months. I know we made an episode like, I'm done playing games and I'm still like playing games, like in a different way. Um, I bought that for what 27.5 and I moved it to Sasha for like. 32.5 i was like oh this is sick like, does sasha do cards anymore sasha does do cards but he dude he he's just chilling he's he's living his life you know he's, he's obviously not really connected to social media these days at least in the card world sense i don't remember the last time i talked to him it was probably during that deal because um he had we made a smaller deal actually for something maybe a month ago six weeks ago give or take and I was like, hey, man, like, I'm happy to ship whenever. He's like, ah, oh, bro, it's good. And like, just hold him for a bit. I'm like, okay. And then um, actually the last Dallas show, I was like, hey, you're going to Dallas. He's like, yep. Like, just drop the cards off there. I'm like, okay. And then he texts me that he was not going and to give them to uh, to someone else who was in, in SoCal. So I, I hope Sasha's doing well. I hope he's just living his life and just chilling and, and just doing cards as he feels like it because he... Uh, just off the social media grind which is awesome like good for him yeah he's probably yeah. doing good he's i like sasha. there's very few people that i've i've interacted with constantly that i don't like sasha is a very nice person um he he definitely could have continued to make content had he chosen to i think he walked away at the right moment um i i think that he continues to just he's just doing his own thing and he's just a very pleasant person to be around. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, back to this basketball question. I really don't think that car collectors could be anything older than like an 11-year-old travel team. <sighs> yeah. Like, those kids start dunking, it's over. Uh, I don't even... I, I just don't get the point of the fucking basketball game. It's so dumb. I mean... Like, I. I I get it now because it's for charity, and that's the one thing that like makes me not want to. I'd rather just it. donate to a website if I'm being honest. Fair, I know. Um, I do think it's funny though that the one thing that makes it C plus versus Santiago was a very <laughs> stupid battle, dude. Uh, my God, for anyone who is not familiar with the Culture Origin <laughs> show, which is fine. Uh, it's done once a year in Atlanta. Uh, Prism God runs it. And uh, I believe this is now the third year they've done it. Maybe the fourth year. Um, they do a basketball game. Uh, it used to be on like a half court thing, I believe. Maybe it was always on a full court, but like obviously I never went to it. Um, last year they were doing their game. And Santiago Sports, uh, Tyler, who is my local car shop, and I, I, I like Tyler a lot. So I'm going to, I'm not. I'm not going to shit on anyone here. I'm just telling the story uh, to the best of my ability of remembering it. Um, either he gets hard, hard, hardly or gets a hard foul on him by Cibles or Cibles. Hard foul. So someone gets fouled in like a somewhat aggressive way. And I believe Tyler throws the ball at at, at uh, Cibles or Cibles throws the ball at Tyler and like they start chirping. Non-moment. Really non-moment. That probably happens in an NBA game three or four times a game, honestly. Um, 
but somehow, someway, that has become like the battle, <laughs> the, the the hobby battle between these two individuals. And it's like, I, come on, really, like, really, this is this is what we're doing. Kai, you want to you want to battle this out? You want to you want to? Uh, oh man, what could we do? Can I, can I insult you in like ping pong or something? We still gotta have our we, smash. Yeah, we gotta do Super Smash Brothers too. Uh, maybe that's how we settle this. We're gonna Kai, you and I are gonna fight about something stupid, and then I'm gonna make sure that we incorporate Super Smash Brothers into an actual podcast episode. Good. I uh, uh, can't wait to show everyone. I three uh three stock you with Kirby. Fucking you! Fucking wish you could three stock me, dude. I will bet you any amount of money that you have no shot to do that. I don't think I can three stock you, but yeah, exactly. That's my yeah. You fucking walk that back. Yeah, you fucking take your you take your Wii controller and go home, bitch. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think we're I think we're at a good spot. We we've reached that point now where I could just start naming random players from the two thousands. Oh, here we go, Felix Jones. Felix Jones is good. Uh, I'm gonna go with my final. I always start with is like Miguel Cairo, just cause I think I've done that last time too. Beanie Wells. Ooh. Oh, Beanie Wells doing football too. I'm doing everything you can imagine. Oh god! All right, so a random play. Oh, well, Brashad Perryman's like early 2010, so it doesn't really count. That's Jared Saltalamakia. Jeremy Shockey is. Jake Butt. Jake Butt's funny. Mm. I'm trying to think of like early 2000s running backs. Derek Mason. I think that now, was Derek Mason a wide receiver though? Fuck. Oh, Derek Ward. That's what I was thinking of. He was a tight end. Derek Mason. Derek Mason was not a tight end. Bullshit. Promise you. I he was Eric Mason was not a tight end for the Ravens. Yeah, he was he was a wide receiver for the Ravens. Nah, he converted. And the Titans. He played for 15 years, 97 to 2011. He was good. Holy shit, he was actually really good. No Sean Marino. No Sean Marino. My brother played against him in high school, which is cool. How did he do? He fucking did not tackle him well. <laughs> uh, my dad described him as gliding on, on the field, which is cool. I want to get no Sean game on jersey at some point um i've not seen one that's actually appropriately priced i think there's one on ebay for like a grand which is not what i'm gonna pay but uh that would just be like a fun little like cool thing to own ready fred jackson oh dude i love fred jackson he was one of my favorites uh cj spiller yep cj dude cj spiller got traded. chris ivory this is really sad that these are like guys like the mid 30s who are now like fossils in the nfl i mean obviously they're not playing anymore um ben jarvis green ellis dude the, all right the law firm is one of the best nicknames in sports sorry it is who'd you say uh i said demarco murray which Good is one. funny that he's kind of been forgotten um in a way dude all just if you want to feel old just go through running backs because like todd Gurley's been retired now for two or three years i think still leads the nfl in touchdowns since like his rookie year really that's crazy it's up there it's, he's either like now second or he still might be number one Wait, like, i don't know who would have passed him the only person i could think of was like derrick henry yeah it's probably yeah. about it i don't know all right I, I think we're i think we're good here we, we can definitely maybe we'll do one episode 
Maybe we'll do a special episode of Soul Tour where we just name guys like the early first one who can't think of something loses. We have to record Soul Too Late at some point. Actually, Chai, thank you for the idea. We have to record Soul Too Late with Joku at some point because we're going to do that monthly. Let's make a drinking game out of that. That sounds like fun. 45 minutes till someone dies or you can't name anyone. Let me do some homework on this and, and let me let me text Joku too because we have to, to do that. All right. Tavares Jackson. God damn it. All right. Let me think of one more. Steven Jackson at that point. Nah, weak, weak. Right. That's too Fine. mainstream. Steve Smith on, Steve Smith on nah, the Nah, I need a non. Oh, okay. Good call. Good shout. Good shout. You saved yourself there. All right. What, Mar- oh, now I'm just going through Mario Manningham. Todd Heap. Ruben Randall. Trot Nixon. Well, Trot Nixon's fuck. That's baseball. That's still a good shout. All right. We're just going to do this. Gregory okay. Polanco. Gregory Polanco. Well, he's still playing in Japan, fun fact. That's crazy. I know. Uh, Brandon Lard. Laird. Also playing in Japan. That's a name. Raphael for a call. Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> this, this episode is like 20 minutes long. Dudes. Uh, um, there's a Yankees catcher I'm trying to think of, and I can't remember who it is. John Flaherty. No, probably like 2012. Uh, Francisco Sorelli. No, he was on the Braves, too. I would have known him. Well, Brian McCann was there. No. That's <sighs> there's one that I'm trying to think of. In that area. Oh, don't cheat. I'm going to just check because now you. I want to see if I can give you hints. I think there's one. I don't think this is the guy you're thinking of, but let's see. Did he play for the Braves? No, no, sorry. I meant Cervelli played for the Braves, so I would have said. Oh, that. I was going to say, are you thinking of Chris Stewart? I'm like, who the fuck? No. That'd be a name. Oh, fuck. I don't know. It's not Russell Martin. He did not play for the yes. Braves. Russell oh, what Russell Martin? Yes, Russell Martin. That's who I was thinking Okay. Of. I was yeah. looking for Braves and Yankees. No, Blue yeah. Jays and Yankees legend. Yeah, he played for the Dodgers, too. Yep. Uh, and I forgot about that, era. that Yeah. All right. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up because this could, this is another episode. We'll do that eventually. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Listening next week. Two hours of this content. Bye. See ya.